Far from others. An audio medium unlike anything you've ever heard before. The pinnacle of sound experience. Jacked and canned. Featuring John Tessman and Colby Tyler. A place where you will get the information you crave. And hear about the topics that you love. Presented by themselves. Coming to you from the basement, bar, and the bedroom. Sponsored by no one. Jack and Cam. <laughs> oh, man. The Mets found a way to lose the division. They got so close. They even had the same record as the Braves, and the Braves get the tiebreaker. John, they tried. They tried their little New York Medi heart out, and they got nothing. They got nothing. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Sports Roundtable of Jack and Can. John, how are you tonight, buddy? Damn you for kicking it off that way. And damn you for being right all along, Colbs. The Mets had a great season. You know how we always kick this off with who's on top? Well, we need to take a little moment here and just acknowledge how close this really was. Like Colbs just said, they had the same record. The Braves and the Mets, both 101 and 61. That's the same exact winning percentage. You know what happened, Colbs? You know what happened? The Mets just went 500 in the last 10 games. That's they right. The Braves chance. went seven and three. I mean, they you should have known the, the Braves had to play the Marlins to end the season. One of the easiest teams to beat. But you know what, too? The Mets ended up going against the Nationals, and they ended up dropping a couple of games, and they shouldn't have dropped it over to them. So they uh, DeGrom was getting blown up. Scherzer was getting blown up. But the Mets' chances are not done, even though it hurts, and it's definitely a step down. It's going to be a hell of a lot harder to come up. You're going to you're going to really exhaust all your pitching rotation going through it now, coming up from that wild card area. But they still got a chance, dude. So NL East, Braves on top officially. But the Mets and the Phillies, they end up making it into the playoffs or a playoff berth or wild card, whatever the hell you want to call it. NL Central, this one gets me happy, Colbs. You know I've been talking about this all year. The Cardinals, 93-69 and 69 for their record. Albert Pujols, what else more can I say? The dude has over like 20 home runs. He's got 703 or 704 home runs on the on the, on the uh, I almost said on the season. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty impressive. Day. Yeah, that's damn, that's really impressive. Um but Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, Goldschmidt having an MVP year. They're looking like they might end up doing it. So that gets me excited with the Cardinals. NL West, do we even have to say who ended up winning over there? The, you know who it is, and you don't even watch baseball. Yeah, I, I know that the Dodgers ran rough shot over everybody. Yeah, Dodgers, 111 and 51, followed by the Padres at 89 and 73. Padres had a pretty damn good year with 89 wins, and they still finished 22 games back. Something's wrong with that right there. You got to be ticked if you're looking at some of the other divisions of Major League Baseball. Anyhow, AL East, the Yankees, they did it. They almost fell apart, but they did it, Colbs. 99 problems, and the Yankees ain't won. 99 wins and 63 losses, 611 winning percentage, 
last 10 games, five and five. The Blue Jays in the Rays also clinching a wild card spot. Now, Coles, the Baltimore Orioles, 83 and 79. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good for a team that everybody thought was going to have like 30 wins on the year. So, way to freaking go, O's. And this one makes me happy. The Red Sox finishing in last place. You got any comments to make on the AL East? Uh, okay, yeah. Um, stop following Aaron Judge around with a camera every second that he goes to the <laughs> fucking plate. I'm getting tired of hearing about it, man. And the guys from Breaking Down the Tape are all in on this, too, and they're talking about the record. Look, I've seen three dudes hit more home runs than this in a season in my life. I don't care what your thought is about steroids. I don't care what your thought is about the NL versus the AL. As far as I'm concerned, in the Major League Baseball, that that whole league, I've seen at least three dudes hit more home runs than this in my lifetime. I don't give a shit. Nobody gives a shit except for apparently all these Yankee fans. It's like this Yankee fan base came out of nowhere, and they're just like, woo, woo, we did it. And it's like, you did fourth place in my lifetime. I'm over it. Dude, so talking about Yankees fans, someone ended up catching Aaron Judge's 62nd home run ball. They were officially offered $2 million, according to the New York Post, Chicago Sun-Times, Fox News. And apparently, whoever this was ended up turning it down for a $2 million offer for the 62nd home run ball of the season. Colbs, $2 million? I'm folding all day. I'm like, yeah, I'm taking that. There's no way I'm going to deny that. I don't think there. there's very few things that I would keep if that's what's out there. Like, I mean, wait a minute. I know something you, I know something. <laughs> there, there is something out there. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, Coles. Ladies and gentlemen, Coles, your Toys yep. R Us plaque. Your Toys oh, R Us plaque. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking of sports memorabilia. I was going to say a signed LeBron basketball. I'm probably going to, I'll say no to two mil for that. Uh, oh yeah, this I this I think I I think I actually do side with you, John. I don't think that I would give that away for two million dollars. Not that anybody would ever spend it. But <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna have an outrageous <laughs> listener now. Hey, Coles, I will give you two million dollars right now, Coles. Oh, dude, I I really don't know if I could do it. You can fund the show, Coles. Nobody <laughs> shit here breaking on the tape. Jack and Can can all feel the love. We'll have an instant boost of the income coming in, ladies no, and gentlemen. I mean, it would definitely support this business uh, by a lot of money that we currently don't have. <laughs> it would probably also support my lifestyle in ways that oh, I can no. really benefit from. I, I, oh man, I don't know. I, I guess if I got hammered enough, I, I might do it. Damn. Well. Hopefully one of these days, and hopefully one of our listeners can send it over. But the whole thing is here, right? Fan, $2 million ended up turning it down. That's interesting as hell. We'll see how much that ball ends up going for. Going back over to baseball, AL Central Guardians finish on top. AL West, the Astros on top. This one gets me excited, Colbs. And I know you're not a baseball fan, but you probably remember the Seattle Mariners, right? You remember them years ago. Ichiro was over there. Richie Sexton. They had uh, Randy Johnson, Ken Griffey Jr. Like you had to have been hearing some things about Major League Baseball then, right? Well, the Mariners have been in such a long drought, and they've been horrible for such a long time. Dude, they got a chance. It actually made me a baseball fan again 
by seeing the Mariners Park. You never left. What do you mean again? I what I mean by that is it was genuine baseball. You have to see them clinching it. Like the players were almost celebrating with the fans. You don't really see that. Everything's a little too censored nowadays. It was just I authentic mean, and raw and real. One, it was cool to see. One thing I'd add to that, though, is that the, that's a lot of it because it's the Seattle fan base. Those guys are crazy. Yeah, I didn't think about that, actually. The Seahawks organization, the Seattle I, I've been Dragons. watching those guys their, their XFL. whole life. Uh, the um even the supersonics <laughs> man i i still like it's disappointing that that team ended up leaving but i mean with the seahawks i remember back when it was 2004 2005 and the seahawks were on their runs where they inevitably did go to one super bowl and lost to pittsburgh there was a dude that was in the front row every week he might still be but he always had on a ken hamlin jersey which was our free safety good good player but not by like he wasn't really anybody of note and uh this guy wore his ken hamlin jersey he had long red hair and he would just headbang against the over the <laughs> top onto the onto the board or whatever you call that area that's behind the goalpost that separates the fans from the uh i, I guess the barrier is what you would barrier. consider that's, that what well, dude the, he would just lean over and keep it, headbanging you know, against no it has. throughout like every red zone trip Hey, dude, you know what? I mean, that's intense, and some fans are. I know we talked about Oakland in the last podcast. Oakland yeah, Oakland's got a pretty big-time fan base, yeah. Seattle is known as the loudest place on the planet. But it, I know that we talked about this when we talked about it, but why would you take away teams from Oakland? Like, they care so much. <laughs> you ripped away the Raiders. You ripped away the Warriors. Like, let them have a team other than the A's. Because again, nobody XFL. gives a ball. XFL will thrive there. Which XFL gives Colts. a shit about. Well, when I said Seattle Dragon, you seem to agree with me, right? Seattle uh, Dragon. I actually, fan. in all seriousness, I thought you said the Kraken, who I'm trying to support just because of Marshawn Lynch and oh, true. Chancellor. Well, fair enough. All right. Well, we'll try again when XFL ends up releasing. So, no news updates on that yet. But. Who's on top is going to transition to something that Colbs is absolutely going to hate with a passion. And I'm not talking about Sparky the coin. No, I'm talking about the NBA preseason standings, oh, ladies geez. and gents. Christ, Who's dude. on top over there? It's going to be the Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers leading it off in the Eastern Conference. Western Conference, we got the Golden State Warriors, Memphis Grizzlies, and the LA Clippers. Colbs, that's who's on top. I think it's the Knicks year the next year they're kicking it off the preseason they're undefeated they might even be undefeated in the regular season i'm excited to see the knicks (laughs) like did you just set up and say hey i really want to piss colbs off today like is that is that what you did you put on your your little headphones there and you said i just really want to piss off colbs so, ladies and gentlemen, something that's going to make Colbs very happy. No, it is not Sparky the Coin again. This is going to be NFL standing, something a little bit more realistic. Colbs, are you feeling better? I mean, it's definitely better. I, I still think we should have probably waited till week five was over to begin giving these, but you started after week two anyway. So, yeah, th- this will be the best of who's on top, I suppose. AFC East, we got the Dolphins on top, three and one, Bills, three and one, Jets, two, two. 
Pats, one and three. Damn, the Patriots. It is not the same. It hasn't been the same over the past few years. Colbs, I'm going to get through them and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit here. AFC yeah. West, Chiefs 3-1, Chargers 2-2, Broncos 2-2, Raiders 1-3. AFC North, Browns 2-2, Ravens 2-2, Bengals 2-2, Steelers 1-3. AFC South, the Jags, Titans at 2-2, two two. Colts 1-2 and, and 1. Ha-ha, remember last year I had always missed the Steelers when they had their tie. Colbs, I am the improved version this season, okay, 2.0. Okay. Here we go. And don't know, and I know what you're thinking about. Guess what, Colbs? The Texans are 03 and 1. Boom, I'm not going to miss that tie. So we're going over to the NFC East. Eagles looking damn good, looking dominant as well, scoring almost like the most points in the league. I think only behind the Lions. <laughs> the Lions have been blowing it up. So random. The NFC East, the Eagles at 4-0. Cowboys, yes, baby, 3-1. Giants, 3-1, which surprises me about the Giants, but we'll see with their schedule. The Commanders at 1-3. The NFC West, 49ers, 2-2. Rams, 2-2. Cardinals, 2-2. Seahawks at 2-2. So Seattle's still got a chance, Copes. We'll talk about it a little bit in in just a moment. NFC North, we got the Vikings, 3-1. Packers, 3-1. Bears, 2-2. Lions, 1-3. NFC South, the Bucks and Falcons sitting at two and two. Hell yeah, Falcons. Way to go. We got the Panthers disappointing me at one and three, unless they're going to get ready to play PJ Walker. And I could get behind that. Uh, Saints at one and three as well. Ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, too, uh, me and Colbs are playing with a little extra time on the sports roundtable. So it might be a little bit normal, longer than normal. So stick around with us. Colbs, what the hell is going on? With the NFL, dude, I want to, I want to, Colbs, I want, now that we have a little bit more time to talk this through, yeah, I want to go division by division, if that's cool with you. So AFC East, yep. what do you find most surprising? Well, as far as just the question goes, what's most surprising? Um, <laughs> honestly, I think it's still that one time the Jets with Joe Flacco won that game the way that they did, because <laughs> I don't really think we've seen anything incredibly shocking outside of that. Obviously, there's a whole conversation to be had about the injury to Tua. As far as how that's going to impact the Dolphins, you're going to see a massive decrease in offensive ability. Additionally, Tyreek Hill right now is also, uh, and Jalen Waddle have both been held out of practice. So there's a chance that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting his first game this year and will be throwing to Cedric Wilson and Mike Jacecki. <laughs> I, uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of hope for Miami, at least this week. Obviously, we're going to have to evaluate the Tua injury to see when he will be taking place back on the field. And obviously, there's all the other discussions around his injury that are taking place right now as far as player safety in the NFL goes. And none of that, to me, is really shocking to answer your question. Buffalo being 3-1 and one, looking awesome, that's not shocking to me. Um, the Jets being 2-2 two and two isn't incredibly shocking uh it's just the way that they won that cleveland game is the most shocking thing i've seen in my life and outside of that same week when arizona basically did the same exact thing that's the only exception to that but as far as that division goes i think everybody's doing exactly what i thought they would be doing the pats i mean they they don't have an offense they can't score points so you're you're not going to win a lot that way 
You know who looks to be rekindling their career for some reason? Devontae Parker with the Patriots. Well, <laughs> he's because got- he's well, not rekindling. He's not really old. He's just he's the best weapon that they have, and they don't really have any weapons. Fair enough. I just don't remember hearing Devontae Parker's name over the past few years and a lot of the highlights. I feel like Miami, who's kind of hidden now, at least in New England, they're like, hey, one of those rare touchdowns that happened. Guess who it's caught by? Devontae Parker. Uh, AFC West Coles. We talked about the Chiefs, the Chargers, Broncos, and the Raiders. Wow. The Raiders are surprising the hell out of me. I thought it was Derek Carr's season. You bring in Devontae Adams. Darren Waller is supposed to be one of the best tight ends in the game. I know they've had some issues with health concerns with Hunter Renfro, and I was thinking he was going to have a blow-up year. They got that rookie. I'm forgetting his name. Is it Malik Collins? No. I think I'm off. Hollins, maybe? Collins? I could be completely off on that. But they have another wide receiver that's really standing out over there with the Raiders organization. But, dude, the Broncos are the biggest surprise for me over there. I thought they were going to be 4-0 going into this, but they have some of the least amount of points even scored across the NFL throughout this week. Yeah, I I think with Denver, I actually am not shocked by their record. I, I think that's about what I thought they'd be, but it's how they've gotten to that record that really is surprising to me. The Denver is supposed to be, um, at least in my eyes, one of the better teams in the NFL by a pretty good margin, and they do not appear to be that at all. Uh, Denver, I think, actually might be the worst team in this division because even though the Raiders are one and three, keep in mind they had a really hard fought game week one against the Chargers, who I do believe to be a better team than them, and it was also in LA. And they also had a loss that was totally random against Arizona where, you know, like 98 out of 100 times you win that game and they ended up losing it just because of the way that Arizona came back. It was 16 points out of nowhere for Arizona to send that thing to overtime. And you're not going to see that very often. So I I am shocked by the Raiders being as I, I don't think the record reflects what the team really is right now. I think the Raiders are better than this, and I think they'll continue to prove that. They just beat Denver, so I think that this is somewhat of a a preclude to them at least getting their stuff together here. I, and Denver, I, I don't know what Denver is right now. Um, you're going to hear a pick later on today uh, that involves oh Denver. So I can oh give boy. you at least some sort of insight, but Denver's really hard to judge right now. Russell Wilson's going through all sorts of issues as far as just being able to really get into any sort of rhythm. The coaching staff, they, they actually hired a consultant for time management just because Nathaniel Hackett actually has <laughs> come down and said, you know what? Clearly I am not good at this. Like I, I need help. So that's that's a little shocking. You would think, you know, you go out, you get Russell Wilson, you have this new coach. You probably should have gotten one that knows how to manage the clock late in games because Russell Wilson's always down by six on a drive to win the game with less than a minute and a half with one timeout. So you you kind of need a guy with good clock management skills. Pete Carroll, by the way, wasn't the best at that either. Uh, I just want to make that clear. Russell Wilson can still make it work. But you're not going to win all of them. All right. So, uh, yeah, I am surprised at Denver. Kansas City, to me, looks like the best team in the league. I'm not shocked at that by any means. It's Kansas City. They're better than you. But God, I love watching Patrick Mahomes, dude. Patrick Mahomes, the most exciting thing in the NFL every week to me. 
He is. He definitely is. You know who else is very exciting to watch? Jacoby Brissett. That's what I'm going to talk about next. AFC North Browns, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers. Wow. I feel like Jacoby Brissett, honestly, I feel like the Browns are actually shocking people. I think people thought that they were going to be 0-4 at this point so far, and they wouldn't have scored as many points. Let's put it this way, Colbs. They thought the Broncos were going to score more points than the Browns have so far. Coming into that, the year. I mean, that part I would agree with. Here's the thing, John. Uh, two two things. One of which you you said exciting, and then you said Jacoby Brissett. He's not exciting. He's good, and he's a very good game manager. He's somewhere along the lines of like a Jimmy Garoppolo. He is not exciting. There there is no excitement in Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> so let's well, clarify hang that. Hang on. I get excited when I watch Jacoby Brissett. You get excited when somebody that you don't expect to do good does good. Now, cheers. Okay, I'm going to take a sip on that. Go ahead, Colbs. <laughs> Damn it. The secondary piece of the Browns, I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. I had the Browns being 9-8 and eight this year, and they look like they're dead ass on path for that. So you did? <laughs> I, I think the, the Browns are doing exactly what I thought they would do. That division in general, the only thing that's a little upsetting to me there is the Ravens could be 4-0 and right now. They gave up a three-touchdown lead to Miami, and then they additionally were up 17 on Buffalo and ended up losing that game. So if you take away just simply those two games in which Baltimore had like epic defensive collapses, we would be talking about a 4-0 Ravens team right now. So I don't want anybody to take their eye off of what the Ravens have been doing because they have played very well and have just had some late game collapses defensively, especially. I know Lamar Jackson had a poor ending to the last game there against Buffalo, but also take a second. That's Buffalo. Like they are a buzzsaw right now. Stay out of their way. Baltimore is going to be just fine. They'll win that division easy. Cincinnati's doing about what I thought they would do as well. Not wins and losses being in the same places, but I said they'd be nine and eight. They're two and two. They're pretty much going on par for the course right now. Damn, Coles. Well, what about the Steelers? Are you excited about Kenny Pickett taking over and Mitch being benched? <laughs> Oh, I, I was throwing this out in the uh, the group chat with uh, with breaking down the tape the other day. His name fits him. Kenny Pickett. There you go. Enough said about the Steelers. <laughs> I guess we'll move on to the AFC South. We got the Jack Titans, Colts, Texans. Colts, let me just say this real quick. I put 10 cents on the Texans winning the Super Bowl. And... <laughs> oh, that's right. You didn't do it on the Jags, though. They're, <laughs> they're the sneaky good team. I told now, you Houston was the worst team in the league. This sucks, man. Yeah, I could have <laughs> put that 10 cents on the Jags, and I would have felt pretty damn good. So I lost 10 cents. I lost 10 cents, Colbs, because the Texans do not look like they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But it's only a three-game losing streak. They do have one tie. They have a chance to get it done. So Don't, don't say three-game losing streak. Just say they're winless. <laughs> I can't because they might get a win soon. Uh, the but only cold. thing that's pissing me off in that division is Tennessee playing just such eh, football. Like, I got to see something better out of them. Like, at this point, honestly, I'm not going to be shocked if Jacksonville wins this division, which definitely was not where I had them at the beginning of the year. I thought they'd be a definitely a step up from what they've been. But I I, always, I really thought that they were like a five, six win team. Eh, 
Jacksonville, just because of this division, might, might end up being right about a 500. What do you think about the Colts, though? I think everybody's shocked with the Colts. Everybody blamed the se- last season. Everyone blamed Carson Wentz. They said the team was stacked. Jonathan Taylor got the best running back in the game. He got one of the best wide receivers in the game. Defense isn't bad. O-line was supposedly pretty good. Now you bring in Matt Ryan, which everybody said was an upgrade at the position. Well, didn't understand that one, by the way. I didn't necessarily agree with that. What the hell is going on over there? Now Jonathan Taylor's all banged up. They just uh, upgraded, uh, who the hell was it? Philip Lindsay from the pa- practice scru- squad to come up there and go help them out. Dude, they're a mess. So, yeah, the Colts, here's what I would say. I'm not shocked that they are not that good because I didn't know if they would really be good. I had them also right about a 500. I am a little bit shocked that they are this level of bad because even though they randomly, because football happens when you play football, they beat the Chiefs. Outside of that, they have looked like, honestly, a bottom three team in the NFL the whole rest of the year. Uh, and I I did not see that because this roster is pretty stacked. Uh, yeah, they, they don't have great depth at receiver. It's pretty much Michael Pittman Jr. and then some stuff. But Jonathan Taylor, I I don't know what happened to him. He <laughs> he just led the league in rushing, granted, only because Derrick Henry got hurt, who still finished in the top 10 in rushing and didn't play for eight games. But you've got this packed squad. you got the best offensive line in football. Your defense is solid. It's not phenomenal, but it's definitely better than average. And they can't do shit. So yeah, I would say I'm I'm surprised by how bad they are. I'm shocked. I think the whole NFL is shocked too. I bet they're they threw off a lot of people, especially when it comes to the betting world. I'm sure a ton of upsets already with a lot of those Colts games. Even the Jags, people probably didn't think that they were that good. NFC East, Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. Dude, the NFC East is looking like the most competitive. <laughs> In the NFL so far this year. To. Huh? It, it's not going to stay that way. The, the Giants have gotten away with a pretty easy schedule. They're they're not going to win many more games. As long as Dak's out, the Cowboys have remained more competitive with Cooper Rush than I would have thought they will. Yes. But they, they're they not going to be able to just keep this going. They, they're not playing the best of competition right now either. They're going to end up coming back down to center. The Eagles are really the team that's surprising me right now because I, I honestly, John, and it's, not again, not the shit on your Cowboys, but I don't take much out of what they've done so far this year, and I take almost nothing out of what the Giants have done so far this year. Um, the Commanders, I thought, would be better than this, but you get Carson Wentz, you don't know what the hell you got. So I'm not terribly shocked by this, even though I thought they would be better. The Eagles, I thought would be decent. I thought they'd be a playoff team. I thought they'd be a wild card team. Um, they, uh, they're good. <laughs> like they're they're good. <laughs> they're looking dangerous, dude. The running game. Jalen Hurts looks like he's a yeah. freaking MVP. Jalen Hurts is playing very well. They they have a pretty solid run game going. The addition of A.J. Brown's been massive over there just to give Jalen Hurts a a guy that is the guy. That's huge. You can see dividends in what that's paying for. And uh, their offensive line, too, they look 
really, really good on their offensive line. And granted, usually <laughs> what's happened the last few years with them is as soon as their own line looks good, they just totally crash out. Like they, they all get hurt. We'll see how that goes this year, but I feel really good about the Eagles this year. They're looking damn good. NFC West, the Niners, Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts. I just want to point something out here. The Niners in the Rams, two of the teams that have the fewest points scored for them. There's a couple people below the couple teams below them, but they're down in the bottom of the barrel. The Seahawks <laughs> are up there with 115 points in their favor. Cold. We got half of it last week. We put up 48. I'm sitting here looking at my TV. I'm just going, how? How? Two weeks ago, we didn't even score an offensive touchdown. The only points we got came off a blocked field goal. We got we got crushed by the Niners, and all we scored was off of a blocked field goal that we returned. And then we just launched on Detroit. Like, I get it. Detroit's defense ain't great. Geno Smith has back-to-back 300-yard passing weeks. What the fuck? I'm trying to get one of these good quarterbacks. I don't want to be strapped with Geno Smith because he's playing good for whatever this stretch is going to be. This sucks. Three years. Three years of Geno, baby. No. Just imagine. imagine. No. Gino, Gino will be your quarterback for the next three years. He's gonna he's gonna throw four thousand yards. He's gonna no. throw thirty touchdowns and, just in eleven interceptions. Any of that shit. He's just scaring everybody at the beginning of the season. I'm like, Gino, fuck off, man. Like, I know what you are. I watched you. You make terrible decisions and apparently such bad ones that your teammates punch you and break your jaw in the locker room. Like, what are you doing coming out here just lighting up the scoreboard? Stop it. Right. I want one of these kids coming out of college. Colves, you're going to have Geno Smith. That's what you're going to have. So you better love it. Um, here's what surprises me, right? A lot of people had certain expectations when it came to the Niners. Jimmy G, obviously that's still going on. They just got Kittle back. They need to get him going. Kittle's an absolute beast. I don't know why he plays in the NFL. The dude should play in the NHL. He's an animal. I don't know. He just he just looks like an animal too. Like he's he's got that I, wild personality to him. Where yeah, I, I think can I see agree him with you there. Messing people up in the NHL, and uh, they must be using him an awful lot in blocking schemes for the 49ers Run. Oh game. yeah, he's a great blocker. Yeah, but I want to see him get active in the receiving game. Yeah, you got Debo. I get it. You got Ayuk, but. Come on, get Kittle involved. The dude is well, I mean, like, that's going to be what turns around their offense anyway. Because Jimmy G, he's he's not going to light it light it up and throw it downfield a whole lot. So that oftentimes leads to your tight end getting the majority of the targets, and that's what's made San Francisco's offense really tick outside of their run game. Uh, their passing game's been revolved around George Kittle for years. So I mean, they're going to have to if they want to put up any amount of points but in the meantime i mean that trey lance injury is the best thing that could happen to the Niners season now going over here to the cardinals everybody's disappointed over there james connor ain't posting up what people thought james connor was going to do like last year as you said all those touchdowns that he had kyler murray people saying it's a little bit of a disappointing season you know who's doing damn good over there hollywood brown that dude is killing it also I just want to point this out. DeAndre Hopkins should be coming back pretty soon. So, yeah, actually, I think 
I, I think this is the week he's cleared to be back. Well, if he's going to be back, it's going to help out that team immensely. So, dude, what are you thinking about the Cardinals? I think they'll be fine. Um, they're they're not going to be the team that I thought might actually pose a threat in the NFC as a whole, but they're they're going to be fine. They'll be in the playoffs. We'll see them in the postseason. We'll see that bullshit that Kyler Murray can pull out, but we'll see it. But it's it's not. This isn't a real threat. Coles, the Super Bowl reigning, defending champions, the Rams. What the freaking hell man what the hell is going on <clears throat> clearly the stafford shoulder is just not quite right it, that's the only thing that i can really sum this up to because otherwise i don't really feel like the rams are playing bad football it just looks like the ball's not getting to the receivers the way that it did last year and i i think that's the only explanation Allen Robinson, though, just like completely shut out of the offense. There's people calling for OBJ just to be resigned to that team to give them a little bit more of a spark. Yeah, we know Cup is still going to blow up every single game. It don't matter. The dude's electric. He's the most unelectric electric player in the game. Yeah. <laughs> watch a game, and you could literally watch the game and be like, wow, there's not a bunch of zigzags or fast-paced moves that you'd kind of see from the great receivers. No, he just wanders out there, and everybody yeah, goes just, away from him, and it's like, oh, yeah, Cooper Cup's open again. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, like- me, I, it makes no sense. And even in man-to-man defense, you just see his man like, ah, uh, it's, you know, He's just going. And then it's like, wait, what are you? Everybody, can you not like just think of it this way? If Cooper Cup is getting close to the edge of his own, or if Cooper Cup, you got him, man, don't let up on him. Like at all. Like if you see him about to break your zone, there better be communication there to the next guy, or you just stay and you just say, bleep it to my zone. I'm going to cover this zone for a second because otherwise Cooper Cup's going to be sitting there in the middle of the field again by himself. I just want to see three versions of Cooper Cup together with Matthew Stafford. I don't think there would ever be an incomplete pass thrown in the NFL if there was three of him out there on the field at once. Colbs, the NFC North, Vikings, Packers, Bears, and Lions. Now, the Lions scored the most points throughout the NFL at 140 points. Colbs, they've Shows also let up their the, defenses. They've let up the most points to their defense in the NFL with 141 points that they have let up. So I guess it fits their record there. Colbs, dude, I'm excited. I think the Lions are an exciting team to watch offensively. Yeah. But what the hell is going on with the defense over there? Like. They look good on the offensive side of the ball. They got the receivers. Dude, everybody was talking about DeAndre Swift being good. Look at Williams. The guy's literally running over everybody as a second – as an RB2. What the so, hell? With, with the Lions, I mean, they don't have any one component of their defense that is strong. It's just weak across the board. Yeah. So the pass rush, not good. Run stopping, not good. Linebackers, eh. Defensive backs, yeah, like they're, they they got a couple of guys there that have some talent, but clearly the mesh is not there at all. There's no chemistry on the defense. There's a lot of let ups, a lot of dumb plays getting by them. the The Lions are going to struggle with because of that. There, there's no way around that. When your defense cannot stop the other team, 
you're only going to win a certain amount of games. And this offense is powerful enough that they're still probably going to win a decent amount of games this year. I don't think we're looking at a five win lion team. I, I really think we've got on our hands a maybe not eight and nine, but I think we got like a seven and 10 kind of team here. And it's going to be the funnest seven and 10 team in the league by a mile. So don't expect a whole ton of winning out of Detroit, but do expect this team to continue to put up points and have fun doing it because that offense is that's, that's a real offense, even though I still don't, really trust Jared Goff, but it's working there. So just let it play out. Very well said. I'm excited for them. Colbs, real quick, the Bears. Uh dude, Justin worst, Fields. Worst starting quarterback in the league. I mean, oh my God. And it, it, like I I want him to do well. And he's he just it's not there. It's not there. And I know that team is like historically pretty poor on offense. They just are. Throughout all of time, their quarterbacks and like the best quarterback they've ever had was Andy Jim Dole. McMahon, and th- that's going back to the the eighties and nineties. And that's, I mean, he was fine, <laughs> but that can't be the best thing you had. They went to a Super Bowl with Rex fucking Grossman. Like, how bad is that? Rex Grossman to this day still lives in my own infin- uh, infamy as one of the worst quarterbacks to. Actually, he might be the worst quarterback to ever start in a Super Bowl. They didn't win that one, so you don't hear him with Trent Dilfer and all that because he didn't even win. But as far as a quarterback that started in a Super Bowl, I'm taking Nick Foles before I take Rex Grossman. Fair enough. Dude, uh, I'm very positive when it comes to this podcast and the players, and I always give them benefit of of the doubt. A couple of weeks ago, when I actually had the chance to watch a Bears game, I ended up texting Kolbs during the game, and I said, wow, Justin Fields is not good. In all, in, in no offense, Justin Fields, for some reason, if you end up hearing this, but that did not look good of an offensive game plan at all. Even going forward to the past few weeks, Chicago – you got no chance on offense unless you, you can't blame them for the game plan, but you can blame them for some of the execution. And I mean, he's, he's really held onto the ball too long. And it, when pressure gets there, he becomes erratic with the football. He's, he's almost in panic mode. He's trying to escape the pocket and find somewhere to go with it. But if it's not there, he just kind of chucks it up. Uh, you know, he's actually limited his interceptions better than they probably should have been limited considering the way he's been playing, but it, it's really bad to watch. Dude, it is rough. Colbs, we got the Packers and the Vikings at three and one real quick. What's your take on them? Cause of uh, just because of time we're getting to that point. Yeah, I know we still got another division. I still got to get power rankings and picks and all that. So yeah, let's, let's race through the rest of this Packers Vikings. Um, Look, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the guys that he wants. Uh, Green Bay will not be seen in the Super Bowl this year, but they will be making the playoffs. They very well may win the division. Minnesota, they got to get their shit together because they're losing games that they should win, and they're also just staying in games that they should be putting away. Colbs, NFC South, quick takeaway for each team, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers, Saints. The the Bucs, I was happy to see even in their loss to the Chiefs that they put together a nice offensive game that's hugely uplifting as somebody that wants to watch Brady play forever. And, um, well, I'll just leave it at that for now. 
The Falcons, um, better than I thought, but they're still not a very good team. Uh, New Orleans is pretty much dead on what I thought they'd be, even though I know that you thought they were going to be pretty good going into the year. This is this is New Orleans. And Carolina, wow, they are the second worst team, in my opinion, in the NFL. Fair enough. Colbs, power rankings, I'm curious. We just talked about all the teams pretty much individually there for a little bit. So now I want to Yep, know. I'm just going to list them to you, and then we're going to get the picks because we got picks to do, buddy. Here we go. All right, number 10, Minnesota Vikings. They don't move. Number nine, the Los Angeles Rams. They fall three spots here. Number eight, the Los Angeles Chargers, who do move up a spot. Number seven, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who also move up a spot. Number six, the Miami Dolphins. They move down three spots, and don't be shocked if they move down further. Number five, the Green Bay Packers, because, well, there was nobody that I could really put in front of them. (laughs) <laughs> Number four, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, even in the loss to Buffalo. Again, there was nobody to put in front of them. Number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. And number one, reclaiming their throne, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're better than you. Hell yeah, Coles. How the hell did we do with the picks? And also, I just want to make a point here. Sparky's been missing for like a couple of weeks. And I'm a little concerned that Sparky might've gotten cashed in at a local coin star because we got to track down Sparky, but he did send a message and he's going to have his dear old friend, Jack uh, sub in for him. Uh, Ladies and gents, this is the first time that we've actually seen Jack here on the show. Uh, Colbs, I introduced to you our third participant of the week. Sparky's putting all the trust in Jack here. His name is Jack. Oh, not even Jack O'Lantern, just Jack O. How are you going to flip a pumpkin? So we are going to flip a pumpkin just like that. If the stem's up, that means it's heads. If it's tails, it's, yeah, it's the A. It's the bad hole. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So Jack is subbing in for Sparky. All right, John. So we'll start with last week, as we always do. So last week... I always give you everything. Win loss, I went eleven and five, uh, which for the season puts me, I want to say like forty one or forty and twenty two, forty one and twenty two, something like that. Not bad. Uh, spread, I went nine six and one. Um, a little bit over five hundred. That put me a few games over. I didn't do the math out to see exactly where I am. And over unders, I went ten and six. So I went across the board over five hundred. Another pretty solid week. I would have liked to have done better with spreads. But in the games that matter, the games that we picked last week, John, I went four and one. John, you went one and four. And Sparky went one and four, which for the season puts me at, let's see, six, eight, 12, and eight. And you and Sparky have the same record. Let me do yours real quick. You're at, eight and 12. So I've got now a four game lead on you guys. And well, we've got week five picks coming up here. John, are you ready for the picks for this week, sir? I am. Oh boy. All right. We start off with tonight. We have Indianapolis at Denver. Denver is minus three, regardless of what Denver struggles have been. One thing they've done is play very good defense, and they've been consistent in that regard. 
Russell Wilson is going to play tonight. I know that he was questionable leading into this week, but he is back. He is ready to go. I'm not sure of the status of Jonathan Taylor, although something in my head tells me that he was approved and he's good to go. So we will see that. Oh, he's out. Yeah, it's going to be Philip Lindsay and um, Naheem Hines. Am I hacking the first name? Well, that makes me all the more confident in this pick because there goes the rest of Indianapolis' offense. Uh, Denver has been playing solid defensively. <laughs> I think Denver takes this one. It is Denver minus three. I have Denver. John, what do you have? Denver. Okay. John is with me. And what does uh, Jack the Pumpkin say? Heads. All right. He likes Indy. All right. So we go to... Game two, we have the Los Angeles Chargers minus two and a half at the Cleveland Browns. John, I think that the Chargers have not played the best football this year. Uh, they actually have run into a lot of the scenarios that they ran into last year in bad late game scenarios where things just aren't breaking for them. I do think, however, that they have a good enough offense that they will be able to just simply overpower Cleveland and two and a half, that means that all they have to win by is three. I am taking the Chargers here. John, what do you got? Cleveland. All right. John is with Cleveland. And what does Jack the Pumpkin have? He's tails. So you guys are on Cleveland. All right. Game three, we have the Tennessee Titans at the Washington Commanders. Tennessee is minus two and a half. Uh, this is a very similar scenario to the last game that I mentioned. It's not that I have a lot of hope in Tennessee right now. It's that I have zero in Washington. So all that Tennessee has to do is win this game by a field goal. I am taking Tennessee. If uh, Brian Robinson Jr. plays, he might be the deciding factor for Washington. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee, though, because it looks like Derrick Henry's beast mode again. Okay. And what does Jack the Pumpkin have? Tails. Tails. That is Washington. All right. Game four, we have Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore is minus three. John, I think that Baltimore is probably a little bit pissed that they just gave up a win the way that they just did. I think Baltimore is going to come out here and be very aggressive offensively. And even though this is a divisional game that I think might be exactly three, I think that if this game goes one way or the other, it leans towards Baltimore getting the points here. So I am leaning Baltimore minus three. John, what do you have? Baltimore. All right. And what does Jack the Pumpkin say? Tails. Tails. Also Baltimore. All right. So we all like Baltimore. Game five, Las Vegas at Kansas City. It is Kansas City minus seven. John, over the past three years or so, Las Vegas has played the Chiefs better than any team in the NFL has, and I think seven is too many points to give here. I'm taking Las Vegas to cover that spread. I say that this game is Kansas City's win, but it's going to be by three or four. I'll, I'll side with you, Vegas. All right, and what's Jack the Pumpkin say? Heads. All right, so we we all like Baltimore and Vegas. But we do differ on the other ones. John and I are actually four out of the five games the same. And Jack the Pumpkin did pick, well, three separate from me. But he did uh, he did Cleveland with John. So we a, a little a little more similar than last week, but um, still further apart than we were two weeks ago when we basically all took the same things. Hell yeah, Colbs. All right. Um, Dude, 
I think Jack has something to say. Oh, Jesus Christ. What, Jack? Uh, thank you for letting me be on here, Colby. My name is Jack. I figured it was good to be jacked. Ha 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 ha. Happy Halloween month, Colby. Happy Halloween month. I hope you were a good boy. 